According to Ephesians chapter 6, the choice of weapon for the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you and on the inside of me is the Word of God. Hello, I'm Pastor Gray, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. In just a moment, you're getting ready to go into the service here at Emmanuel. And guess what we use to give the Spirit to work in our lives? The Word of God. I trust that the sermon you're about to hear, that God's Spirit will use it as His sword, and according to Hebrews, that it will get down into us and it'll start working in us, dividing asunder, and will do His perfect work. May the Lord bless you as you listen to the truth of God's Word. Take your Bibles, go to Psalms chapter 143. We're not going to continue one step past. We're just going to get into the preaching of God's Word. Y'all just kind of settle in. You're fine. Usher, sit down. And I had no idea what Miss Kelly was going to be singing, and I had no idea she was singing. Psalms 143 Heavenly Father, this is not even on the script. Lord, this is just confirmation that this is where we need to be. It's not about the schedule right now. It's not about any of us. It's all about your word and your sovereignty, your ability to plan and orchestrate. God, please, love on us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplication in thy faithfulness. Answer me and in thy righteousness. And enter not into judgment with thy servant. For in thy servant shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after, after thee as a thirsty land, Selah. When Miss Kelly was singing and, and in my preparation time leading up to this point, among David's many attributes that are to be admired and emulated, it is always his ability to turn to the Lord in times of distress. It's that ability to get back up and take one more step. The Christian life is not a life of ease with no struggles. The Christian life is a life of monthly, daily, weekly, and many times hourly difficulties. We are either struggling within ourselves or we are struggling with what is going on around us. The struggle can begin to wear us down to reduce us to a tired, depressed cynic of a believer. Y'all, I don't think anything that's happening this morning is an accident. I think everything is right on time in God's world. Because when you and I understand that our struggle, we're not alone. Would you please look at Psalms 130, 143, and would you look at verse Three, for the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as though that have, as those that have been long dead. David's life was a combination of the drama going on around him that produced in him a darkness. And on this inside of this darkness, he said, listen, 
the enemies around me and that which is going on around me, these circumstances that I'm walking in, it has smitten me to the ground. It has punched me to the ground. It has clubbed me to the ground. He said, I'm finding myself laying on the ground looking up, asking myself, where did that come from? But then look what he says, dwelling, and look at the wording here, dwelling in this darkness as those that have been long dead. He said, go to the graveyard and look in that coffin and that person, that believer, that loved one that's in that coffin right now, that that grass has been sitting on top of that coffin, be it metal, be it wood, be it whatever, sitting on top. When you walk across, he said, that's how I feel. I feel like that whatever's going on in my life, although it may be temporary, I feel like it's been an eternity. I feel like that I've been living this way the entire time. These circumstances going on on, in, on the inside of David's life caused him to use words like this, persecuted, smitten, darkness, dead. David, in a moment, found himself as the recipient of an overwhelming, instantaneous darkness. And, and, and probably when you look back at his life, at the enemies who brought this in his life, at the circumstances that brought this into his life, I can't help but rehearse 1 Samuel 18, 9. David is just trying to do what's right, and here's Saul, somebody in authority that's eyeing David, and he eyed him with jealousy to where he threw a javelin at him twice. He sent messengers to kill him. If it wasn't for his dear wife letting him down over the basket in a wall, over the wall in a basket, he, he would have died. No doubt David, when he recounts his life, he recounts Ahithophel. He recounts the fact that in 2 Samuel 15, 31, that this, 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 this Ahithophel, this grandfather of the granddaughter that he was immoral with, that now this grandfather is giving advice to shame David. And then Absalom, in the same chapter, Absalom rebels. David's inactivity in the matter of Tamar. And here you have Absalom. No, no, no doubt he recounted that. Then Psalms 51, where he says, Wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. David is carrying with him life's circumstances that like a wave comes rushing back. Listen, you and I are no different. You and I look back on our life, and if you have lived any time at all, if you have lived any length at all, if you have lived to where you have birthed children and these children have grown up, if you have lived to where you have bought and you have sold and you've experienced success and failure, you and I, if we are not careful, can come to the same point David is at right now. If you look at verse number four, and here's the sermon for this morning, and y'all just kind of retain your places because look at, look at verse four. Would you read the first word? Ready? One, two, three. Therefore. David said all these circumstances... The enemies around me, psalms are written on this level. Psalms are written from David's experiences. Many times you can trace a psalm back to a certain time in David's life. Psalms 51 is a direct psalm after he failed in the matter of Bathsheba and after he killed Uriah, he now is reflecting. Psalms are nothing more than somebody sitting down and reflecting back 
on life. And when David starts reflecting back on life, he then comes to this conclusion, I don't like these days back here. I don't like what these enemies around me have done. I, and it's brought me to a dark place, to a, to a cemetery place. He said, therefore, look at it, is my spirit overwhelmed within me. And my heart within me is desolate. David's past created this overwhelmed spirit and this desolate heart. The sermon truth for this morning is based on that one word right there, therefore. I don't think that David, life is your life. I, I don't think that David's path is your path. A lot of times we like to check off boxes. Well, well, I didn't do that, and I didn't do that, and the sermon's not for me. But ladies and gentlemen, you're living real-time life. You're, you're living life as it happens right now. And you complicate real-time life with real past behaviors and real past circumstances. And if you're, you and I are not careful, you and I will become overwhelmed. Would you look at that one word, therefore? David said, here are my circumstances, therefore. This, this word, therefore. This one word that comes to us, that it's a result. It's a consequently, for that reason, because of that, on that ground, to that end. Take whatever is going on in your life right now, take it to its furthest end, and what you're going to find out is it's very easy to slip into a state of melancholy. I think the thing that resonated so much this morning with Miss Kelly's sermon, sermon. <laughs> I'm going to flip that one. <laughs> I think the thing that resonated so much this morning with Miss Kelly's song, I got the sermon, she's got the song, and you better hope those two don't get switched up. One, it'd be the worst special you've ever heard. Two, it'd be the longest sermon you've ever had. I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. It's because we're living real time. And real time drama makes you not want to take one more step. And of all the conversations I've had in the past six months, they have one common theme. Pastor, I am tired. And pastor, I cannot keep doing this. My, my question for you this morning, and here's my sermon, what is your therefore? What is going on in your life that is your therefore? What have you done that you've collected this and then you've pivoted and you've said because of these circumstances, Therefore, am I overwhelmed, and I am desolate, and I am done. When you and I understand your therefore may not be the situation of a Saul, eyeing you for jealousy and making your life miserable. Your therefore may not be a grandfather seeking revenge from the deeds you did to his granddaughter. Your therefore may not be a son that out of spite of what you should have done, to Tamar's uh, uh, aggressor, he now is proving a point through rebellion. Your therefore may not be a day of immorality, murder, death of a baby. That's a constant reminder of failure. Your therefore may not be any of these. But can I ask you to do me a favor? Slow down long enough. What is your therefore? 
Because if you and I don't know what to do with the therefores, if you and I don't know what to do with that day that we're overwhelmed, that day that we have a desolate heart, and we continue with inaction, then you and I are going to arrive at a point to where we walk away. And when we walk away, that is not the answer to the therefores in your life. You have just added another therefore. When you give up, you've added another therefore that you will just regret when you get down the road. There are many people that are like, well, if it doesn't work, I'm done. If if I can't take one more step, I'm done. And sometimes I get there, but I must remember at the signature on the page of the exit papers, I have created another situation that will bring about anxiety. It will bring about something in my life. The reason David is one of our favorite Bible characters is not because of his perfection, but it's because he consistently knows where to turn. And the problem with humanity and the problem with Christianity is this. It is that not that we don't know where to turn. Listen, we delay in turning. We would much rather have a pity party about the therefores. We would much rather live in a sulking pit of the therefores. We, we want to take this therefore to somebody that's mortal man that they have their own therefores and they don't know what to do with this. We want to take these therefores and analyze them in light of, listen, you're a believer. I'm a believer. The first move we make when we are overwhelmed, the first move we make when things are not going right, the first move we make is the determining factor on the joy of Jesus living in our lives. But the longer we delay, when we delay, well, maybe I'll live with this therefore for a couple of days. Maybe I'll live with it for a week. Maybe I'll carry it till I can't carry it anymore. There's instant relief found right where you're at because you're saved. Please know this. The therefores are real. It's real-time drama. It may be a real-time problem. To bounce back from a problem, let's get back to where we need to be, is Christ-like. You see, your salvation was not put on trial until you proved yourself. Your salvation was instantaneously when you said, I believe. He did not say, prove your belief. He said, show me your belief. And the moment you show it to me, Acts chapter 15, I believe it is, is the moment right then, I believe you, you get the Holy Spirit of God to come live on the inside of you, and together we'll take this journey. You see, turning to the Lord does not take away your therefores. Turning to the Lord does not erase those dark nights you wish you could take back. Turning to the Lord and your therefores gives you somebody to go with you while you walk this path. We all desire companionship. We all want a hug. We all want to know that at the end of a special that touches her heart, that your husband's there and he'll hug you. We all want to know that when it is a bad time in our life, would somebody just come to me and would somebody just walk with me? And I'm here to tell you that if you have the Lord Jesus Christ living on the inside, you have a constant companion on the inside. And can I beg you to do the thing that God's always desiring? And that is this. Turn to him 
when you have a therefore. Some of your therefores are too personal to talk about. Some of your therefores are too complicated to explain. Some of your therefores people have asked you about, but you can't even explain it to them. You can't even tell it to them. Some of your therefores cannot be revealed because it would damage somebody around you. Some of your therefores you could not even say because it would tear down somebody in somebody else's eyes. And we live in this state of desolation to where a, a bewilderment to where I just don't think I can handle this anymore. But can we look at what David did? David said this in Psalms 143. And musicians, just make your way back to the piano. Psalms 143, verse 5. Look what he said. I remember the days of old. I remember. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the works of thy hand. Do not complicate the past with only the pain. Filter the past pain through the goodness of God that got you to this point. I'm going to say that again. Don't let the past only bring up pain. Filter all the pain of the past with the Lord and how good he was to you that helped you get to this point. You see, you're living here alive regardless of your therefores. You're living here, you're sitting here with, with love around you, regardless of your therefores. You're living here with nobody knowing what your therefores are, and it is easy to look in the rearview mirror of life, and that's what David did. David was looking in the rearview mirrors of his life, and he said, I have my Saul's, I have my Ahipothel's, I have my Absalom's, I have my Shimei's, I have all these people, I have no kingdom, I have a cave, I have none of this going on. And it is easy to look in that rearview mirror and just start getting more depressed and say, what good is my life? I don't even know what's good. But David gives us what every believer should do, and that's why he's called the man after God's own heart. And that is this. He turned and said, I'm going to use my memory, I'm going to use my meditation, and I'm going to use my musing. Do not get so busy being mad that you don't take time to remember. Don't get so busy in the anxiousness and the anxiety to where you don't stop and say, God's been good. God's been good. Y'all listen to this. No matter what you're going through right now, Brother Zapata, been on my heart and my mind and I didn't really realize you were going to be here this morning but all those journeys and talking to Jared the other day and, and, and seeing God look what God has done and I think one of the reasons Brother Zapata with his health issues underneath that mask is smiling like a Cheshire cat is because no matter what he could say would cause dark days, he trumps all of it. 
didn't mean to bring politics into it. He trumps all of it with this one thing. God has done some amazing things in my life. Doesn't it remind you of a New Testament verse where sin abounds? Grace doth much more abound. And I will tell you, the biggest kind of friend you can be is not to waller in the pain of the past with your friend, but to mount up and be a voice for God and say, has God ever done anything good for you? Can you point me back to something that you could say, that was God? That was God? When David says, I'm musing about his mighty works, I'm sure he gets this grin on his face when he thinks about that big old ugly giant named Goliath. And I think sometimes he's like, I put this armor on and I'm marching and I take five steps and drag the armor with me and I take five steps and drag the armor. And I can do that. Then people thought, what in the world? Just give me five stones. He said, man, one day I was out and caught a bear. and He said, I got so many stories about how God came through. What is a Saul? A Saul is nothing more than an opportunity to say this is how good God's been. I did not know the phraseology of the song Miss Kelly was going to sing this morning, but I had to chuckle in my spirit. If you'll look at the very end of the passage we read, Psalms 143, look at verse 6. I stretch forth mine hand unto thee. Did y'all see that? Listen, the physical move you make when you're in spiritual pain will tell and make the difference to your future. There are a lot of people right now that physically made the move to stay home because they're in spiritual pain. And the human side of me says, I get it. The pastor side of me says this, when you're overwhelmed and when you don't know what to do spiritually, do not withdraw your hand from the Lord. You stretch that hand out. <laughs> Say, God, I got to have you. Can I ask you a question? When is the last time you were physically, physically so troubled that you couldn't even speak? When is the last time we live in such a numb society that we're looking for 30-second quips. We're looking for quick things. That when is the last time that you lost it and you got on your knees and you said, God, God, you don't understand. I don't even know what to do anymore. Watch. It's, it's stretching that hand but there are people either stretching the hand or they're sitting back going never never and this is what I'm going no no don't take those hands and use it against what the creator's doing yesterday to anoint a man with oil and a couple of the deacons and the men and I got together and went to anoint a man with oil and and I got a phone call Friday and I was tied up Friday night, but in the back of my head, I was just like, 
Oh, come on, God. And I went and read every, every miracle the Lord did. And I'll tell you, the miracle that stuck out to me was the miracle of that lady who was fighting through the crowd. And she just, she just wanted to touch. She, she just wanted to touch. You know what the Lord said? Who touched me? And what did he say? The virtue. We're not close to the Lord Jesus Christ as believers because we turn to everything else when we're overwhelmed. They that are whole need not a physician. It's easier for the rich. It's harder for a rich man to get into heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Not because they have money, but because they don't need. I don't need. I punch a hole in the wall. That's how I deal with it. I get drunk. That's how I deal with it. I shoot dope. That's how I deal with it. I put my beats on and disappear into music. That's how I deal with it. No, don't deal with it that way. Stretch your hand to the Lord. I really hope that you enjoyed the service here at Emmanuel. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. At the bottom of the screen is my cell phone number. If I can do anything for you, please give me a call. I trust that you'll be back with us for the next broadcast. God bless you, my friend. Have a great week.